Welcome to KISS FAQ Song Stories. In this series, we'll focus on the histories of some of KISS's best and least known songs. In this episode, She, a Wicked Lester Recycle, originally released on KISS's Dress to Kill album in 1975. This song is notable as being one of a cluster of four Wicked Lester songs revamped by KISS and performed at their debut show at the Coventry on January the 30th, 1973. The song had been written by Gene Simmons and Stephen Coronel while members of Bullfrog Beer. It was performed by that band and its successor, Cathedral, and then the band Rainbow, which became Wicked Lester. Its original title was She Goes Down, since Gene had a separate composition titled She Knows at the time. Steve's input to the song was critical. It was he who came up with the signature riff while tuning a new guitar he'd recently purchased. He then took the idea to Gene, who then developed the piece into a full song, possibly recycling some earlier lyrical ideas. Steve told Ken Sharp in Behind the Mask, It's real dinosaur rock. It's fun. It has a lot of power to it. I like the way it starts out. It seemed like a good little idea. It was simple. While the song is not overly complex, Gene recalled in Kiss Machine fanzine, I remember struggling with she. It was in my mother's basement, I was still going to school, and I had this idea for a song. I wanted to call it, She Walks by Moonlight, because I remember a line in the movie Hondo, an Indian movie. It was some cowboy, he went up to some big Indian chief and goes, I want your daughter. The chief said, you may not have my daughter. The cowboy said, why not? The chief said, she walks by moonlight. And that's the first line of the song. I didn't even know what it meant, I just loved the sound of it. That's a wonderful Genesis story. But not to break any hearts, the Louis L'Amour written John Wayne movie didn't contain any such dialogue like Gene remembered, so it was probably some other western that he experienced during his youth. Interestingly, the song wasn't included on Gene's 1970 publishing tape. The earliest currently known existing recording of the song is from the Rainbow Gig, which Brooke Strander had a tape of. It was also recorded as part of Wicked Lester's acoustic session on August the 7th, 1971, presumably in advance of the album session starting. Neither of those versions circulate. It's also possible that the song exists on additional Wicked Lester live recordings known to exist. She was one of the first demos recorded by Wicked Lester after signing with Metro Media Records in 1971. It was initially recorded as a simple two-track on which overdubs were then added. Halfway through the recording sessions, the record deal fell through, and the band were forced to rethink their situation. As the myth goes, playing a showcase for CBS Records, Steve was seen as a problem by the A&R rep. As he explained in Behind the Mask, the record company didn't like me. Whether it was his playing, his look, or both, is irrelevant to the end result, though producer Ron Johnson suggested that using record label dislike of him was an excuse for a difficult decision. Steve was replaced by guitarist Ronnie Lee Jack in late February 1972. Hungry from their first taste in the studio, Gene, Paul, and the other band members made the mercenary decision to part company with his childhood friend and take the deal. Back in the studio, it soon became apparent that the two differing guitar styles didn't blend well. Lee Jack was something of a seasoned veteran, having played and performed with Cactus. As a result, the song was re-recorded with Ron's lead work or more aptly, additional recordings were layered upon the already existing basic tracks were needed. She walks by moonlight, 
may be a case of sour grapes, but not surprisingly, Steve was less than pleased with the direction that the song took. He told Ken Sharp again in Behind the Mask, me being a guitar player, she would have turned out more the way that Kiss wound up doing it. The Wicked Lester version of it is all lollipops and sugar. It didn't really sound like a heavy metal song. Not that Wicked Lester sounded like a heavy metal band. Another important change also took place between the Metro Media and Epic recording sessions. Gene was persuaded to change the tone of the song's core lyric from She's No Good to She's So Good. In hindsight, it may seem ludicrous, considering Gene's later penchant for female conquest that the original lyrical context ever existed. Ron Johnson was aghast. Gene's songs railed against a whore when something like that behavior should be celebrated. It wasn't a good girl gone bad, she was sexy. She becomes a clear illustration of what considered the overbroad musical experimentation that represented the musicians being let loose in the studio for the first real time. Evidence at hand, the Ian Anderson-inspired flute solo and congas performed by session percussionist Jimmy Malin make it pretty clear. There are also horns added in parts. Jethro Tull's seminal Aqualung album would have been very fresh in the minds of band members when Sessions started in 1971. Wicked Lester didn't have a singular musical identity and were seeking to develop one. Gene and Paul also struggled to find a working vocal style on the song. Initially, it was a slow, low, blended duet lacking vocal projection backed with an almost kettle-like tribal drum. It lacked dynamics, though some of those elements are most likely lost in the somewhat muddy circulating copy and the fact that it was built on a two-track recording. There's only so much sonic space on quarter-inch tape when you add layer after layer after layer. There are a multitude of Wicked Lester mixes that circulate, the earliest of which is clearly Stevens' guitar work. Later versions are either hybrids, retaining the She's No Good lyric, or the later Lee Jack version with the altered lyric. 
There are also versions that fade out, and one that segues into Too Many Mondays, depending on the track sequence at hand. The album was also remixed by CBS Records in 1977, when that label considered capitalizing on Kiss's fame. It was again remixed in 2000 by Universal for the Kiss box set. Interestingly, on the 2001 Kiss box set, she is different to both the original album version and the alternate version of the song. It is closer in sound to the original album version, having some additional audio features which differentiate it. These include cymbal hits over the opening riff, keyboards high in the mix at the beginning of the song, and additional guitar overdubs during the verses. The mastering, however, is clear and powerful. This suggests that Universal may have master tapes, or yet another version of the album. She was the only Wicked Lester song to survive into Kiss's live set during their first national tour in 1974, following the release of the debut album, which the song wasn't even included. No examples of the song's performance during 1973 currently circulate, so it's unknown whether its Kiss form in 1974 had evolved during the club era and transitioned to professional touring. Certainly, when performed during 1974, the song was a nearly six-minute heavy jam which featured a different guitar solo than that which would be recorded for the Dress to Kill album the following year.
When properly re-recorded in February 1975, ironically again at Electric Lady Studios, Ace borrowed some of the structure from The Doors 5 to 1, according to Ken Sharp, writing in Goldmine magazine. Gene recounted in Nothing to Lose that it was he who pushed for the Wicked Lester songs to be re-recorded by Kiss in early 1975. As he put it, I felt they were good songs and belonged on a Kiss record because they were based on riffs. It also helped that the band had again been on the road non-stop since releasing the Hotter Than Hell album. They had had even less time to write new material than on the preceding album when they were rushed into the studio to record yet another album. Circumstances dictated economy and Neil Bogart dictated speed. It's probably also helpful that she had remained of the live set throughout late 1974, early 1975. Since it was material that fans could already identify with, it was amusing when Paul introduced the song as a new one in March 1975. Stephen Coronel, who hadn't liked the direction the Wicked Lester version had taken, would have been happy that the basic rock essence of the song was allowed to be displayed with the embellishments removed. She was the only then-current album song performed and broadcast on NBC's Midnight Special, the band's only national television appearance promoting Dress to Kill. While Coming on Love Me was also performed at the April the 1st filming in Burbank, California, it was not broadcast and no known recordings of it have yet surfaced. The three surviving songs were included on Kissology Volume 1. She was also included on the Alive album, probably constructed from parts of the Wildwood and Davenport shows. Live, the song remained much more powerful and was often the launching pad for Ace's guitar solo following the ending jam section. release of the Destroyer album, the song was dropped for the US leg of that tour to make room for numerous additional more current songs. While it was ignored by KISS for the remainder of the 1970s, it was included on the 1978 double platinum compilation in a very curious combination, tacked onto an edit of the rock bottom acoustic intro. Only the final 52 seconds of the piece was used before transitioning into an extended remix of She, which added some 25 seconds duration. 
Instead of fading out over the third chorus and guitar work, it added an additional repetition of the core riff and the first two lines of the first verse before then fading out. She returned to the band's live set in 1993 and was then performed by the Kulik singer lineup throughout the electric and acoustic dates in 1994 and 1995. My Ass self-tribute project, Anthrax was recruited to perform the cover, which was produced by Gene and Paul. Gene also joined the band in New York City on May the 24th, 1993, to perform a cover of the song. The song was again ignored during the reunion, other than a sole performance during the Halloween 1998 show in Los Angeles. She was a constant during the Australian and Japanese legs of the Rock the Nation tour in 2004, but it was only performed at four US dates. That said, it was captured for the Rock the Nation Live 2005 Live DVD and was also released on The Kiss off the soundboard Live in Virginia Beach release in 2022. Until the Alive 35 tour in 2008-2009, she seldom appeared during the band's few shows during that period, and since then has been a regular only on the cruise. <laughs> 